Grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. What a great question to be able to sing and to be able to ponder in this time of Lent. What law has our Lord broken that he would have to go through all of the things that we explore, that we read about, that we see that we partially relive. Well, he does all of these things on behalf of me and on behalf of you. I truly pray that in this time of Lent, as you walk along this journey with our Lord, that you really come out on the other side of Easter changed. What makes Easter so great is, yes, the the risen Lord, the fact that Jesus comes out of the grave, the fact that we are forgiven. But what makes it so wonderful is the time leading up to it as well. The anticipation and the truth and the knowledge that we are able to witness of what Jesus does again on our behalf, breaking no law on his own. Remember, that's our series that we're in right now witnesses to christ every single week we get to see one or two or as we see in our text today many different witnesses that come face to face with jesus and i know that their lives are changed forever that same thing happens for you and i tonight as we hear the gospel and as we review it together now our lives should be changed to see what jesus has done for us as we become witnesses to others throughout the world. So tonight, there's a, there's a lot of people in our text. And to be honest, we start taking kind of this darker turn. You see, tonight, as Jesus has just finished praying, as he crosses the river with his disciples, it happens. He's betrayed. Judas comes up to him, knowing where he is at, knowing what he is doing, and for a very, very small price, hands over his friend, his brother in arms, he hands over his Lord, he hands over our Lord. What does that mean for us tonight, being witnesses to Christ? On January 17th, of 2004 there was a bunch of people hanging out on a beach area in Taiwan I don't know if you like the beach I love the beach just even looking at this picture uh, I received peace in my heart it's calming is it is it not they were there relaxing until at one point uh, a large whale carcass washed up on the beach. 66 tons is what it weighed. It became a problem not only for the people that were there that day, but a problem for the entire county that was there to try to figure out what do we do with this gigantic 66-ton whale carcass that now sits upon our beautiful beach. A plan was put together in which 50 different individuals had to come and put their minds and their efforts all as one. They got three different cranes, and they were able to lift this gigantic whale up 
and able to put it on a gigantic flatbed and they started taking it through the city. They were going to do an autopsy on it to find out what had happened and then they were going to figure out how to dispose of it. But as they're going through the city, something happened. Out of nowhere, something weird happening inside this whale caused it, along with the temperature, to completely explode on its journey. 66 tons of whale. Wait till you see this picture. Oh, I'm not going to show you. We just ate. Come on. <laughs> Let's focus on the beach. People are still on the beach. The whale's gone. Everything's fine. Imagine that, though. This, this raw, gross fish, the sight of it, the smell of it, the complete mess that, that, was, that was everywhere. Have you ever had a time in your life when it seemed like everything was great? Everything was smooth. You were on uh, cruise control. You were relaxing. And then something happened. Some big problem just washed up in your life. Maybe you tried to address it. You tried to do everything that you possibly could. Maybe it even seemed like you had it all taken care of and it was going away, and then all of a sudden, it exploded. It got bigger. It got worse. It didn't go away. All of us have been there before. Maybe some of us tonight are there now, and some of us will be there again in the future. And when those problems wash into our life or blow up in our face, if you're anything like me, you ask that question, why? Why now? Lord, couldn't this happen at any time but now? Lord, couldn't this happen to anyone but me? Lord, couldn't this just go out of my life? And you ask those questions. Lord, why does my spouse continue to have this battle with Lord, why do I keep falling into the same sin over and over and over again? Lord, why would you take so-and-so from us? They were obviously much too young to be able to leave this world. Lord, why would you put my family in this financial turmoil at this time? Why? 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 We ask over and over again. Let's go to our text for tonight and find those answers. It says, so Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment, or we heard in our uh, other text, a band of soldiers. And some of the officials from the chief priest and the Pharisees, they were there carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Now remember what is happening on this night. Jesus is, is not a powerful um, threat in the manner of looking at somebody in a military capacity. His followers, the disciples that are around him, they are, they are mere fishermen. They are, they are not fighters. They are, they are not trained. But in this moment, Jesus has become such a threat that everybody is coming together. It's not just one group going at him at this point. It's everybody. The soldiers are there. The chief priests are there. The Pharisees are there. And they're coming armed. They have torches, they have lanterns, they have weapons. It's overkill. They want to go after him. Jesus, in this moment, is caught up in this, this huge mess of Lent. This is really when it starts again to be able to, to step up. When he is betrayed, 
when he is arrested. What do you do when you're in that mess? Again, that thing is just blown up in your face, whatever it is. How do you react to a mess in your life? It could be anything. A death, something financial, a divorce, a relationship struggle. How do you react? What does that mess look like? What is your response? I respond often by trying to take control. I want to control the situation. I can fix this. I can take care of this. I'll have a wrestling match mentally, not usually physically, with people around me, with God even, trying to be able to make sure if I can put this in my little box, then I can take care of this problem. I can get rid of it. How does Jesus respond in our text for tonight? He's in this mess. He doesn't know what to do, or does he? Let's take his example for tonight. Says Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out, and he asked them, who is it that you want? I love this part of our text. Jesus, he knows. He knows the mess. He knows what's going to happen, right? In five minutes from now, in five hours from now, in a few days from now. And knowing all of these things, what does he do? Look at his action. He went out. He doesn't hide. He doesn't slip away. He isn't even denying who it is. And in this moment, it almost sounded when you were reading it, Pastor Mark, that you kind of caught with my ear. Uh, there's almost a humoristic value that's there. That Jesus uh, is asking them, you know, who are you uh, looking for? I, it is me. I am, I am him. I'm right here. He knows these things. And in this moment, he still, he still steps up. And it's not just in this text now. Jesus always, knowing what's going to happen in my life and yours, always goes out. He's always here with us in those problems, in the midst of those struggles, to be able to go out on our behalf and to be able to face the enemy. Our enemy may not be you know, guards or Pharisees, Roman soldiers, but uh, we have a lot of other enemies in this world. That Jesus goes out on our behalf to face death, to face the devil, to face sin, even knowing what's going to happen to him. But it's not just in his knowledge. Who are you looking for? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the traitor was standing there with him. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Remember, Jesus, his disciples, simple individuals, a big mob, lots and lots and lots of people, torches, swords, axes, weapons of all kinds, all different commotion that's going on. I am he, and they fall Imagine, don't miss that. It's easy in this text to miss this piece. What was that like for those soldiers that at Jesus' confession that he is Jesus of Nazareth, that he is God, that he is this one that has come to be this sacrifice, that every knee then bows to this command? 
Imagine what that must have been like seeing that. Imagine what their hearts must have felt like. You see, the thing is with Jesus, he doesn't have to wrestle. He is in control. He can do anything he wants to at this point. He can go with them. He can deny them. He can obliterate them. But the truth is the same again for us. Jesus can do whatever he wants to with you and me. He could have left us in our state of sin for all eternity. He could have left us on this world to be able to go through our life and to be able to pass away, and that was it. But instead, knowing what was going to happen, he steps up. I am he. He has sin, death, and the devil all bow down to the ground and take a knee, for he is there to be able to come forward on our behalf. I like the Peanuts comic strips. There's always a ton of good ones. You probably have some that you've seen over the years. There's one that I remember with Lucy, and she is trying to remember a memory verse in her Sunday school class. And she's sitting there, and she can't remember, and she can't remember. And the final little box, she says, I think it's from the book of re-evaluations. <laughs> you know, tonight for our scripture, I would like us to kind of think about it in that way. And for the time of Lent, scripture, this re-evaluation of us looking at our life and the effect that Jesus has on our life and re-evaluating what is most important. Reevaluating what our journey looks like as we look to Easter and recognize what our God has done for us and so what that means for us today. Just reevaluating what it means that a God would come from heaven to this earth to die for you and for me. It's a great promise that our Lord makes for us and one that is really, really exciting. But how do we react to that? Simon Peter in our text is named in the book of John. Uh, look at him here today. It says, then Simon Peter, who had a sword, this is obviously one of the disciples, he drew it and he struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So this text is recorded in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John is the only one that includes both the disciple's name, Peter, and also uh, this high priest's servant's name, Malchus, who has his ear cut off. Peter, even in this moment, when he has seen what Jesus can do, he's seen that Jesus can take care of himself, decides, I'm going to do something now, Lord. I'm going to take out my sword, and I'm going to be able to save the day. I am going to take things and have control once again. Don't we do the same thing? You and I have seen what Jesus can do in our lives. We know the power of our Lord. We come here on Sunday, on Wednesday, to be able to worship Him, to be able to talk about Him in Bible study throughout the week, to be able to have devotion time with Him. We know what our God can do. We confess in our creeds that He is all-powerful, that He is all-present, that He is all-knowledgeable. But sometimes we still reach for whatever is in our sheath to be able to pull out and to be able to save the day. What do you reach for when that mess comes? 
instead of letting God have control? What do you reach for? Is it for financial elements that are going to make you feel better? Is it a person that you can go to? Is there a sin you have tucked in there that just for a moment is going to make you feel better? What do we reach for instead of allowing God to be able to be in control? How does God respond when we do that? Well, the same way that he responds to Peter in our text for today. He says, put your sword back in its place. Put it away. That doesn't belong here. Put it back in its place, Jesus said to him. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you not think that I can call, not call my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? A legion uh, in the Roman army would have been like 6,000 soldiers. So six times 12, 72,000 angels that I can call down right now. He's basically saying an infinite amount. You don't need to reach for that little thing that's over there. Leave it be. All those things of the earth that you think are going to save you, that you think are going to make you feel better, just leave them there. I have something so much better that I have sent for you. I know in the midst of the confusion and the chaos, imagine what that must have felt like for Peter. And he's trying to do something to be honoring to God, to be able to move forward, but he's just depending on himself, and we do the exact same thing. It was so confusing that night, everything that was going on. He just wanted to do something, and this poor man, Malchus, just the servant of the high priest, was probably told he had to go there that night, probably didn't want to be there, doesn't know what he's doing, doesn't really care, thinks that everything's going to be fine, but he is one that is there going against God. He is there on his own free will, and he is there being able to take down Jesus. And the swords are coming up, the torches are there, the wind is howling, and people are shouting, and in that moment, there's blood now dripping from his ear. But he looks up, and he sees the face of Jesus. And in that moment, our Savior reaches down to this one who has come after him to be able to hurt him, to be able to punish him, to be able to kill him. And he heals him with a touch. And all the confusion of Lent, of all the destruction and problems in our world, take a moment every day as we look to this time of Jesus and look up and see only his face. Even for you and I. People who are sinners. People who are always going to our own sheath to be able to save ourselves. And look at the face who reaches down to you. And with that simple touch, provides nothing but love and healing. Let's pray. Dear Lord, during this time of Lent, we ask you to continue to soften our hearts and to make us more aware of the sacrifice and sacrifices you have made on our behalf. Continue to be able to strengthen us as witnesses of Christ, to be able to see in your word, and to be able to share with others the love of a God who would do anything for us. In your son's name we pray.